Welcome to the Neville on Fire podcast. Neville Goddard was a 20th century spiritual teacher who offered a profound message. Your creative imagination is the very source of reality. As we learn to use it properly, life becomes intelligible and rewarding. Join your host, Ed, to explore our most valuable asset, the human imagination. This is episode 14, Self-Creation. Our consideration of ideas, methods, techniques, difficulties as we continue along this path ultimately leads to a circling back around to first principles. And it comes to the creation of the self, self-creation, following on the idea that conscious development, conscious evolution can only occur consciously. It can't occur in any other way. So this is where we find an intersection of the ideas, uh, suggestions, and instructions from several authors whom we've already quoted to support our exploration of Neville's ideas. Neville himself insists upon the awakened imagination uh, as opposed to the unawakened imagination. His use of the word imagination, of course, is not the usual connotation. It has to do with withdrawing from the outer sensory world and locating oneself within. In the same book where Rolf Alexander gives the exercise in self-awareness that I had recommended back in episode one, he suggests to us, let us take this project, this idea of attaining consciousness, objective consciousness, and make that our life purpose. And along a similar line of thought, author Morris Nichols says, if there is buried in us a sense of the truth, we must admit that there is a great deal superficial to it that fights against it. Now, the spirit of self-awareness, self-consciousness that underlies, that informs the ideas from these three authors that I've just outlined, this was brought home to me the other day. A friend of mine who's a caregiver was describing to me her experience with one of her patients, one of her clients, and this person is suffering from some sort of neurological disorder, don't know exactly what it is, but... um, the person is undergoing suffering from sort of a chaotic, disruptive, and um, tortured existence where everything has to undergo a literal interpretation. Every incident, every event that occurs moment to moment uh, receives the same degree of sort of a a tortured, intense scrutiny um, without any capacity to relax and see the wider picture or to properly perceive and have empathy for surrounding people. This whole picture reminded me of Nichols' explanation. He was a psychologist, a neurologist. His explanation of the release phenomenon, what he meant by that was to say that a person's neurology is made up of a structure, layers of functioning. And if the higher layer is somehow damaged or not being utilized, then the person is released, not in a positive way, this is a different use of the word, uh, released into a lower function where they're going to be chaotic, uh, disrupted, and so on, as I've described. So while we might feel pity for that, for that client, for that patient, it's actually sort of a projection because we ourselves are experiencing a release phenomenon. That was Nichols' insight, his perception. We ourselves in our normal waking state, are experiencing a fragmented consciousness, a disruption, a chaotic sort of existence. And it's simply a matter of degree. Well, Nickel goes on to explain that in traditional neurology and medicine and so on, they don't have any conception of latent higher functions 
existing within man. It's all sort of materialist, uh, evolutionist thinking. And that's why he needed to seek out a new sort of teaching that explained that there is a latent conscious function in man, but you have to reach for it. So to escape from this release into chaos, you have to consciously and continually expose yourself to higher ideas, to strive for a higher level in oneself. So exactly in that sense, we are self-creating, we're self-developing. So the question arises, wasn't all of this evident at the outset when we started this podcast series? Uh, the fact is that we have to circle back around, as I was saying, to first principles and revisit, uh, re-realize, uh, reteach ourselves certain things. Um, and I'm pointing here especially to conscious experience. The thing is that it's very easy for us to fall into sort of a trap of thinking that what we're doing in entertaining new ideas uh, and taking on a new study and so on, we're um, acquiring things and working towards a future goal. And that's entirely natural because that's the way we've done everything since day one, according to our training. And yet in this project for objective self-consciousness, the whole thing is a reversal. It has nothing to do with acquiring something in uh, at a future or later date. It has to do with reaching for something in the present moment. Now that is not to say that we wasted our time in considering the ideas, the foundational principles. That's all groundwork and preparation to lead you to a certain point. Well, let's take, for example, the title of that book by Tolle, Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now. You might think that was revolutionary. Well, one of the chapter titles in Nichols' book published back in 52, was the creation of now. Tala is very good, and I've listened to quite a lot of his stuff. Very helpful. The word now, in our normal thinking, will indicate a, a portion or a component of time. So time goes from the past to now to the future. So our thinking about the word now is a little bit misleading. Nickel points out that what now means is really to be outside of time. That's the confusing thing about being a human being, because the seeming external world is in a sort of procession that we perceive as time. And yet our own consciousness, which is turned at the same time inward to the inner life, is not subject to time. It's not in time. It's timeless. So this leads to a reconsideration of our daily experience and a reinterpretation of what we're doing in this work. We're going to be experiencing, on the one hand, the negative release phenomenon, as Nickel described it. In other words, sort of a, an abandonment by the higher level, since we're not uh, attaining it or striving for it, into a chaotic, fragmented, uh, frustrated existence. And at the same time, once we come to realization, come to consciousness, come to self-awareness, then we can employ the release phenomenon. Now, I hear I'm using the word in the positive sense, the way we learned about it in the Sedona method. See episode 13 for an explanation of that. A conscious release of negative emotion, a conscious release of an identification with the outward situation. And there, right away, we're coming to our senses. We're on a higher level and no longer harassed by external circumstances. All right, so let's walk through a few examples of how this can play out on a daily basis. 
If I wake up in the morning and I've got an underlying vague feeling of uh, depression or feeling blue or something like that, um, feeling defeated, feeling like things are hopeless, and it, the amplitude, the volume of this may not be turned down very low, but it's still there in the background. And if I don't notice that, then right there, I've been released, negatively released into this negative aspect uh, of the psyche. And that's going to be controlling and affecting my whole day. On the other hand, if I do notice it, and I use the Sedona technique to release that feeling, then right there, I'm engaging in self-creation. Going on from there, if I read some headlines a little bit later on in the day on my phone or on my computer, and they turn out to be things that are contrary to what I had really hoped for, then I can be disappointed quite easily. But then what has happened? Right in that moment, I've forgotten. What did I forget? I forgot that life is not soluble. It's not resolvable in terms of itself. It can't be solved in terms of itself. It's an exercise. It's a training ground for image making. So I forgot myself, and I also forgot the disciplines of mind that we talked about in episode five. But if I catch myself, then I'm going to be employing the discipline of mind, the discipline's denial, and the affirmation of what I really want. And so I'll be carrying out conscious self-creation now, I might even be subject through illness or through some other factor that I'm not aware of to extraordinary confusion, uh, brain fog, as they call it. I might convince myself that I feel tired, I'm exhausted, that I've had enough, I've reached the end of my tether. And what has happened when I'm carried away by these feelings? I'm reverting quite naturally and easily back into a former worldview which says that I'm at the mercy of external events. There's an independently existing external world which has me in its grip. And this is all scarcely realized. It's a state that has me in its power, a state that is a background attitude that is coloring and affecting everything else. That's the thing about attitudes. They're not observable directly. They're only observable by the results, by the inner talking that it gives rise to. But as I become more practiced with this, and as my determination gets stronger, and my understanding gets better, I'm going to catch myself and drag myself out of this hole. Now, in all this, of course, we're relying on, or appealing to, hoping for grace and for higher influences to come in and help us out. But we have to make the effort ourselves. It makes a great deal of sense to say that the only way to achieve consciousness is consciously. Now, is this all just an artificial mind game, or are we actually striving for something that is objectively at a higher level, fundamentally more real? Each person is going to have to evaluate for himself, for herself. What's going on here? Am I able to orient myself to life in a more vital way? Am I more aware of myself? Do I feel more empowered? Do I feel like I'm growing? Or do I feel as if I'm being disconnected from the reality of things? Am I shutting myself away? Am I avoiding? Am I going downhill? In a word, am I regressing or am I attaining to higher consciousness and getting closer to truth? Well, I think we've all had enough experience in this to know that it's just extraordinary how far 
astray. We can be led by our by ourselves, by our own experience in social situations, in uh, the events of the world, in life-altering circumstances, and so on. Um, we can be led so far from our originally conceived conscious goals, our own best ideas of what life is, what we are all about, what our conscious project is all about, get so easily swept away and submerged in the events of ordinary life. The only comment I have on that is I want to do the reversal. I want to effect in myself the change whereby I'm no longer reacting continually to the seeming external world and instead I'm creating from within. That will be self-creation. So you might listen to all this and say, well, Ed, after all, we're all human. We can't expect to live in an enlightened state 24-7 and we're going to be you know, subject to all kinds of human foibles and um, forgetting ourselves and um, experiencing aspects of our subconscious that are coming up to the surface and so on. Of course, I'm going to agree with all that. At the same time, I think you'll find naturally that you're going to gravitate away from certain things that simply don't serve you anymore, that uh, are harmful, and you recognize it. So on the one hand, you no longer take pleasure or amused by certain things that might have entertained you before, and there's nothing wrong with recognizing that change in oneself. At the same time, you're going to be uh, maybe increased in your sense of humor and enjoyment of other things that you hadn't suspected. So I can try to summarize today's episode. The first thing we looked at was an intersection of ideas from Neville, who's talking about awakened imagination, to Alexander, who's suggesting self-awareness, objective consciousness as our life's purpose, to Nickel, who's saying that if there's any sense of truth that is really buried within us, we must admit that there's a lot that's superficial to it. I then gave the example of the client of the friend of mine who's the care worker who was exhibiting all of these symptoms of release, that is, release into chaotic and disruptive behavior, but then quickly realizing that the whole thing was sort of a magnified portrait of myself. So the idea is to recognize that we have within us the higher level that is already innate. It's already latent within us. It's not an artificial add-on, but we must strive for it. Now, we can easily forget that because we take the project that we're currently engaged in as we take all other projects, which is some sort of accretion of knowledge and information towards some future goal, forgetting that the whole thing is about the present moment. The human being is a strange construction whereby we're oriented on one side towards the invisible, towards the whole universe of thought and feeling and emotion and ideas, and on the other side we're oriented towards the external world. So in ordinary life we're oriented, of course, to the outside, but in Neville's conception we realize that the whole thing, the entire experience inward and outward, is all mental, it's all psychological in nature. Then I trace through some mundane daily experiences to illustrate how we can move to get out from under certain attitudes. So in following these ideas, I think we'll be able to judge for ourselves whether we're moving towards a more vivid, more real, more satisfying, and finally a more peaceful and blessed experience of life. And that is the whole point of self-creation. Thank you for listening. Remember to check the show notes and subscribe to the Neville on Fire podcast.